Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where we talk at the table about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he is my dad. And we're about to have a great conversation continuing to talk about money. But before we do that, I have a question of the day to ask you. Okay. What is a random product slash brand that really makes a difference to you? Okay. For me, probably I like tea. Yeah. And I do loose leaf tea now. So I guess... You know, you could say I'm a tea snob. Yeah. Um, I order my tea online from a place called Upton Tea Company. And there's a million and a half different teas this company does. So yeah. that's probably my my thing. Yeah. I still get like Yorkshire tea. That's a good tea kind mm-hmm. of as a just a backup. I travel with that tea. It's easier than the loose leaf sometimes. Yeah. But if if I have my preference and I have the money, I, I go loose leaf and get the Upton. I'm pretty pretty bougie about that. Yeah, I mean I'm in the exact same boat. I'm also into Upton teas for real. I uh, got some particular kinds of teas from there that are just the best. Yeah, I mean there's just no, nothing like it. Um, I'm gonna give one that is more of a recent thing, but I've really been enjoying their products. We got a Buff City soaps that opened up. Okay. And I got some free samples from like a couple church events where we did stuff Mm -hmm. sharing Buff City Soap. And then we went in there and they just literally gave me a full bar as a sample. And it's pretty great. Yeah. Like it smells really good, but it also lathers up really, really Mm -hmm. well. And it actually lasts. My issue is like a lot of times when you put body wash on something, it doesn't last when you're washing your whole body. Like it was about halfway through where you need to like reapply and you don't have to do that with this. Okay. Which is really convenient. So uh, they got really good sense and stuff. So I guess Emily's affecting me more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> My favorite thing is soaps. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember getting one of those recently at one of the events at mm-hmm. the church, and I yeah. haven't used it yet. So it's I'm pretty great. To try it out, or maybe I don't want to try it out. As, yeah. Well, it might actually be cheaper than a lot of other methods because on Tuesdays they do a thing where it's four products for twenty bucks. Really? Yeah, which is cheaper than like Bath and Body. Okay. So, Okay, I have to check that out. Wow, I know all of that. Oof. But yes, brand does matter. It does on some things. So we are going back into the topic of finances, a classic adulting topic. One of the most important, really. It really is. Um, We talked about last week some ways, the importance of viewing it as a tool. Mm -hmm. We also discussed how there are some things not to do, Mm -hmm. like impulse buying or basing your value off of it, contentment stuff, like a lot of that. Uh, If we don't get that right, we'll get we'll get messed up with money. Yeah, Yeah, we will. This week's a little bit more fun because we get to talk about the things that will help you succeed with money. Uh, Whether you're younger or older, these are just some tips to keep in mind as you're handling your finances that are going to really help people out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would ask you, Dad, what is one of the first things you would suggest that is a money attitude that we could have to live well as adults? Yeah, I think the first thing that every person needs to do is kind of define their own values. The the thing you don't want to do is think about and, and think about money first without thinking about yourself. 
you know, what matters to you? Mm-hmm. You need to know what's important to you. What things do you value in life? What are the most important things to you? Because you need that order of priorities. What's yeah. what's important to you? What's not important? And some of those can be like your wants, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't want to start with your wants. You want to start with, okay, do I want to have a good place to live? You know, is having right. a good home a priority to me? Paying, you know, for my kids' college, you know, my wife and I being out of debt, those are all priority things that really come out of you defining what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do that, then you kind of go with whatever the latest thing is, or whatever impulse, like we talked about in the last show. So I think when you define your values, you kind of figure out what's really important to me. And of course, coming from a biblical standpoint, you know, we, we need to really, where's God in that? You know, and he really, you know, people talk about God needs to be first. And it's not so much God's first. God is the entire thing. Right. So it's kind of how does he want me to spend my money? What's how are my values reflected in him? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a saying, you know, your bank account reflects what you truly care about. Yeah. You know, and, and that would be true in a lot of ways. I think we could all look at our bank account and say, OK, I'm really into eating out. Yeah, I'm really into movies. Mm-hmm. I'm really into tech. Um, you know, and, and none of that's bad. It's just that is it overwhelming? And maybe if your values, you get solid on those that helps you make the financial decisions. So you say, which one should I do? And when you know what you value, it's easier for you to make those decisions. Yeah. And, and I think whenever you're defining your values, it's also good to look at where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, you get just a very baseline job. You're only making $25,000 a year. Yeah. That's what you're making. That's where you're at. Yeah. It's good to not only look at, okay, how do I want to spend this 25000 a year? It's good mm-hmm. to, to think to yourself, when I get further down the line, you know, I'm making 30, 35, 40, 50. Yeah. If, I, if I do make that much, where do I want it to go? Exactly. Because if you wait until the moment to make that decision, it's usually going to go towards something that was advertised. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to go towards... A game system or a car or eating out a ton or yeah. a vacation where if you choose that, if you're like, that's what I want to do if I make more money, mm-hmm. cool. Good for you. you yeah. You're living to the good values that you've already set beforehand. Yeah. But if you don't, somebody else will make that decision for you without you even thinking about it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing we have to and every person has to find their own values because yeah. everybody spends money different. They do things different. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But you know, everybody needs to know what's most important to me and then apply that because money really is the tool that shows what's mm-hmm. most important to you. Mm-hmm. You can say, because we all, oh, that's important to me. But if there's no money going toward it, it's really not that important to you. Yeah. And there's like, I've heard of a, it's a pretty extreme case, but there's a group of people in the United States that are like young people in their early 30s mm-hmm. that are financially independent. Yeah. And they're financially independent, not because they're making bajillions of dollars, but they invested wisely, they bought something, and they decided that they valued their time more than they valued all the luxuries. Mm -hmm. So like, there are some people that literally bought a house on a property, are taking care of that house, and that's their life. They don't even have jobs. And those are some people who, even though I don't recommend everybody do that, they reflected. And they said, "We, we don't really care about having electricity or running water, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know how that, yeah. how that works for them. 
as much as we care about having our time. Yeah. And we would rather have that. So they chose to live simply and just live off of the decisions they've made previously. Yeah, I remember seeing about a couple, and I think some people have done this, where they started, you know, 18 years old and just busted it till about 30, 35 and created enough income to where residually mm -hmm. they could retire early. Mm -hmm. And they moved to like another part of the world mm -hmm. um, because they said, we're going to focus, put our head down. And, and, and then right about the time they started having kids was when they reached that point mm -hmm. so they could go and spend that time. And I thought that was unique. I thought that mm -hmm. was a unique way of looking at it and really grinding it out yeah. because they had a goal. And so their value was, we want to get to that point, so we're going yeah. to do the work now, sacrifice now, mm -hmm. so we can live that lifestyle later. And it's that intentionality that's really the key. Mm -hmm. You know, Maybe yeah. your dream is to have a classic middle-class life. Mm -hmm. You want a regular-sized house. You want the white picket fence. You want the basics. You want to go on a vacation once every couple years, and that's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, then live towards that goal. Yeah. But if you want to have a larger house, you're going to have to be intentional about that. Yeah. Or if you want to have a very simple house, but be incredibly generous, mm -hmm. you're going to have to be intentional about that. Yeah, you will. You know, um, it's all about going ahead and making that decision. Yeah, I think so. So what do you think is uh, something that can help people to look down the line and make decisions and reflect on their values? Yeah, it comes from really what we've talked about a couple shows back about contentment. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we won't dive into it. You can go back and listen to those shows, please. But the contentment really helps you when you know what you're content with. And when you're yeah. content with life, it really helps you make those money decisions better and yeah. not give in to pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, where people say, oh, you've got to have the latest this. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I agree with that. A, a good way to reflect on how that helps you money wise is uh, for me, I have a PlayStation 4, mm -hmm. which is actually not my own. My friend let me borrow it, and he got the PlayStation 5, so he just let me have it. <laughs> That's a good way to get it. I know. And because I'm a full generation behind, mm -hmm. all the video games I'm purchasing are like 10 bucks. So, oh. so I'm way behind the times. I'm not playing the latest games. However, it has cost me grand total, like maybe $80, and I have like six games maybe yeah. more that i can play and my friends will let me borrow or whatever mm -hmm. uh and it's it's cost me as much as one game costs that's yeah. more modern that's a great point so just by being five to seven years behind mm -hmm. the curve i'm being able to enjoy it in a exponentially cheaper price yeah so yeah. if you are content and you're like you know what i just want to have a game to play for fun whenever mm -hmm. i have some free time I don't really care about having the latest one. Well, you can save a ton of money that way. Yeah, and still play great games. Yeah, they're still really good. Mm -hmm. They're just really good and from 2013 or 14. Yeah, and that, that really goes with something I think we can talk about next is everybody understanding their own money personality. Yeah. You know, everybody's different. And what you have to do is figure out where am I at with money? Yeah. Um, and we, we talked about it before the show that there's different things out there you can look at the the four views of money the seven views of money there's yeah. different articles and things you can read and to me i say do that mm -hmm. understand yourself understand are you a spender are you a saver how do you view money right how you know if you're married how does your wife 
view money. If you're engaged or thinking about being engaged, have that conversation early, figure it out, and you'll have a lot less stress in your marriage because you'll understand each other. Because usually one spouse is the saver and one spouse is the spender. It's just uh, most of the time that's where it is. If you have two spenders, then you know, okay, we have to be very careful. And then if you have two savers, it's the same thing. We need to actually do some things yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and have a life. You know, and so I think it helps you understand your choices when you understand your personality, yeah. how it fits, you know, how important is money to you? What does mm-hmm. it do to you? And when you do that, I think you can make those decisions better mm-hmm. and you can communicate with someone if you're married mm-hmm. um, or even if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know that, OK, I tend to be a spender, mm-hmm. so I need to maybe hide my own money from myself. Right. You know, some people do that, like when they invest and do stuff, they have it taken out of their check where they don't even see it. Which they, is not they, a bad decision. No, no. Saving is the same way. You can do that where you have automatic savings drafted out and things like that for most companies. And that really helps you kind of, if you know yourself, it's a whole lot easier to do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think just reflecting on what kind of money person you are does make a lot of progress. Because mm-hmm. like I never realized until I started asking those questions that when I look at money, I typically think security. Mm-hmm. I typically think, all right, I want to have a good savings account. I want to have the right insurances, like the, the just in case, like that's yeah. more where I am like, all right, money, that's what I'm using it for. Yeah. And then wait, like down on the priority list, I do want to also spend stuff yeah. for fun, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure all my ducks are in a row before I do that. Yeah. Whereas some people want to have fun and all the other stuff. It's like, ah, oh, man, I'll worry about it later. Yeah. You yeah. know, or some people look at it purely for like, like an achievement. Like their goal is to have X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. They don't really care about the security of it. They don't really care about spending it. They just want to reach the goal. Yeah. And so recognizing that there's more than one view of money can really help you along on your journey in relating to money. Yeah, and it's part of you kind of looking within yourself, like we talked about earlier, understanding the value money, defining your values, and letting money be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also good to choose where your money goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that, I mean, if you don't make the decision beforehand and you wait till the moment, kind of like what we just said earlier, you're going to not make a good decision. Like spontaneous decisions are almost never as good as future oriented decisions. Because once you get into the moment, you start to reason your way into making decisions and being like, you know what? I really do need this $6,000 4K curved (laughs) LED TV. Yeah. That's what I need right now. Like I, I have to have that. Whereas like if you actually budget for the month, which we will recommend budgeting as mm-hmm. one of those ways to let your money work for you, you can say, man, that TV would be nice, but I really want to save up money for a car. I would much yeah. rather put that $6,000 towards being able to drive something that really can get me from point A to point B well. Well, and a lot of people, the, the key about budgeting, and this is where people think, well, I tried budgeting, but it was hard, it was difficult or whatever. The, the most important aspect of budgeting is you're aware Mm-hmm. The danger of not budgeting is you're just spending unaware. You look in your checking account, I'm good. When you don't realize how much you spend a month on right. X, Y, Z, where even if you're just kind of keeping up with it, you're keeping it in front of you, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, I spent $150 this week on eating out. Mm-hmm. What? 
where did I where did that go? Yeah, you know, or I spent X number. Of, you know, this is how much I'm like streaming. Mm. I think if people sat down and looked at their budget and realized I'm spending, you know, eighty dollars a month on different streaming services or more, do I need that many? Right, and that's where. Budgeting helps put it in the front of your mind mm-hmm. where you make the decisions. You may need that many streaming services for what you want to do. That's fine, but you're making that decision and you're not having it be made for you. Right. And that's where budgeting helps you just become aware. And no budget's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may be on an income that's very up and down. Mm-hmm. But at least keep up with your finances so you know where your money's going so you can direct it a little bit better. Let me ask you this. Budgeting is one of those things. A lot of times we think monthly. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the frequency that you should be checking your accounts slash like your envelopes if you're doing that system? Like, is it like a thing? Okay, at the end of the week you look at it, or is it like every two weeks, or is it just once a month? Is it every day? Like, what do you think is a good lane for that? Because that's something I'm still trying to think of myself. Yeah, I think it's it kind of varies depending on where you're at. You know, if money is very tight, then I would say you need to check more often, you know, and and I would say at least once a week, mm. maybe once or twice a week, just to make sure if if you're kind of doing OK, you've got some cushion, you can move it out to maybe every couple of weeks, you know, or if, if you have a good cushion once a month, um, it sounds it, like maybe every week is, is a every week is standard. best because the deal is you're not going to do it every week just because life. Mm-hmm. But if you, point. yeah, if you hit it two to three times a month, you're better off than hitting it none. Mm-hmm. And so what you want to do is is try to hit it weekly mm-hmm. and then don't beat yourself up if you miss a week. But the more you stay on top of it, the more you just think about it. You'll be at the store and you'll be like, you know, I could buy that. But because you know your finances, you know, let me just get this stuff I need. Mm-hmm. Let me not get anything extra. That's the beauty of budgeting is it just keeps it on the front of your mind to where. And and so if you're not th- looking at it frequently, mm-hmm. you'll tend to do that impulse buying. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. And I'm, I'm still working on that part because like yeah, the monthly yeah. budget, you know, it's not fun. But, you know, once a month, you just kind of suck it up. Yeah. But the weekly check ins, I think, are are. I think that's key. Um, yeah, it's I'm trying to get better at it because your mom did all the finances. So yeah, this last three and a half years and plus with what I do, my income is either there or not. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily have a budget budget. I have a dream. Yeah. But it's kind of <laughs> I have to look at what do I have? Yeah. And then, OK, I can do this and this. Yeah, I think that's true. What about saving? What are, what are some of your tips on saving? Because everybody talks about it. But what does mm-hmm. that actually look like? Saving, to me, the way to look at saving is you're investing in your own lack of debt. Because saving helps you prepare for emergencies that you don't think of. It's an emergency fund. Right. Um, and, and the key to savings, people think, I can't save. No, you can. I'm, I'm not saying you can save a lot. But just try to save something. Mm-hmm. Try to save a dollar, five, ten dollars a week. And just let it build. You know, uh, Dave Ramsey talks about building up a thousand dollars savings for those emergencies. And I think that's wisdom even before you do anything with debt or anything, because that's going to help you hit those emergencies. It's so many people. It's those emergencies that keep them in that debt cycle. That's true. 
So you build up the $1,000 savings, you work on debt, and some people eventually build up emergency funds where they'll build up three, four, five, six months of their their salary for emer- like if I lost my job, could I live for X number of months? That's a goal, but I think you start with just doing something, mm-hmm. putting putting a few dollars away, having something that way it's there when you need it. Yeah, and and not being afraid to use it if you need it. Yeah, because I think some people get so obsessed with saving that they never want to touch it. They're afraid that if they touch it, I guess it'll all go poof. Yeah. But uh, that's what it's there for. Yeah, like it's if, there for emergencies. Yeah, if your AC breaks down, that's an emergency. You mm-hmm. don't have to. You don't have to use the credit card instead of the savings. Exactly. You know you, that, yeah. that's why you got the savings, is so you don't have to use the credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and I think use it's, your credit card as your savings. Yeah, it's not. It's not worth it. The points aren't worth it. Whatever points you're getting, air miles, it's mm-hmm. not worth it. And then with that, I would say just move into the. You know, we say budgeting, saving, and then long-term thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, retirement. Um, doing those things, it's so important. Uh, lately, I've been testing to get my securities license so I can help people with investing and retirement and stuff. Yeah. And it's a huge, very complicated world. And I think a lot of people just pull back mm-hmm. and think, man, I, I don't want to get into all that. Yeah. Or they hear things about Bitcoin and other and you know conspiracy theories and stuff. And I would say it, it's worth it to get some good coaching. Yeah. Find someone who can help you with your finances because they they know the market better than you and they know things you can do long term that, you know, you and your family, it can benefit you down the road. Yeah. And, and even if you have to go through the process to find somebody you like, it's yeah. worth it going through that process because not everybody's a con man trying to get your money. No, um, no. Most people are good people. people. Yeah. Because even in the securities thing, you know, you have to help people. If you literally give people bad advice, you can not only lose your license, but you can be penalized and do things like that. Yeah. I think really the overall thing we're trying to introduce is intentionality. It is. Because if you are looking forward and using your money like a tool, Mm -hmm. if you can look at it with intentionality, whether that's budgeting, long-term thinking, savings, all of that really does pay off. It does. And it helps you to do the other stuff and focus on the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's totally, totally worth it. Yeah, it really is. So let's go ahead and jump into the questions of the day. Like we always do, we chose three. Uh, the first one is this. I'm struggling to make it with my money. So how can I save it? It seems like I always seem to go through something or an emergency takes it from me to where whenever I build something, it disappears. What do I do? Yeah, I would say the first thing is do an audit of how you spend it. Hmm. Before you can save money, you got to see where you're spending it. Hmm. And I would say what you do with that is look at where can I cut? Yeah. And it may be very little. You may you may have a budget that's, you know, tight mm-hmm. and you think, OK, what can I do to save money? Where are you spending the extra money? Because here's the deal. A lot of people, when they're going through a tough time financially, mm-hmm. they'll do good for a while. Then they'll be like, you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And right. they go out in one night and blow a huge chunk of money. So I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm just saying be wise about what you do. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if you like going to the movies, we'll go on the night. It's the cheap night. 
like I think our theater has a $5 Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's the night to go to a movie. You say, I don't want to go to a movie on Tuesday night. I want to go on the other night, and I want to do this, that, and the other. Well, your budget may not be good to do that. And you're valuing yourself, mm-hmm. and you're picking where to spend your money. So I would say start with a spending audit. Look at where you're spending your money. See where you can cut and put that money into savings. Even if it's something small, over time it builds up. And if you can do it where maybe you don't touch it, mm-hmm. where it happens instantly, right. that would be ideal. I agree with that. And I think it also gives you the advantage of you begin having that initiative. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the key there. I think so. I think like that. Okay, second question, and this one's gonna be largely for you. Uh, I've got small kids. How do I help them learn contentment? We talked about that a couple weeks ago, but this is kind of a different facet of it. Yeah, it's it's helping your kids learn contentment is really helping your kids learn how to be thankful mm. um, and how they can't get everything they want in life. Yeah. You know, it's and it's not that you're cruel to your kids. You just let them know, hey, that's just not important to us right now. We don't you know, you say, hey, our budget it's not in our budget to do that. And I would have those conversations with your kids and also show the kids how you're doing that. Mm. Let them know, you know, hey, mom and dad are doing this because we're trying to budget and stay within our budget. So we're not doing this, this and this. And what you're doing is you're teaching them that you're doing the same thing. You know, financial discipline is is you're, it's like a muscle. You work mm-hmm. it. And also help them learn the value of money. A lot of people give allowance. I'm not a big fan of allowance as much as I'm a fan of they do something to earn the money. Mm. Like when y'all were young, we we paid you for your grades. Mm -hmm. Um, We did that mainly to teach you if I work and do well, I make money. And that was the lesson we wanted to teach you. Mm -hmm. And I got the idea from a friend of mine years ago. He said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's smart. So that's what we did. If you brought home yeah. A's, you got X number of dollars. And and so that was just our way of incentivizing y'all's work. That's really good. And I, I think what you're saying is really a lot of it is modeled and transparency is good. Mm-hmm. Like if y'all are saving for a big summer vacation, you want to go to Gulf Shores or you want to go to the beach or the mountains or whatever, you they're like, hey, I want this new toy. It's like, well... We would be able to get that new toy, but we're actually choosing on investing in that vacation. Yeah. So we're going to do that instead. I remember somebody saying that what they like to say is not, I can't afford that, but that's not how I choose to spend my money. Yeah. Because that is real life. It is. And I think having conversations where you, with with whatever age your kids are, explain your budget to them and let them see your budget. Let them understand what it is. Yeah. You know, now, you want to talk to them about, we don't talk to everybody about budgets and things like that, but you want them to know, hey, let me show you how much we spend on the house. Mm-hmm. You know, our total house bill every month is over $1,000. Right. And that, that helps them see that, oh, wow, life's expensive. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And you don't want that to slap them in the face right when they get out of college exactly. and trying to survive. You yeah. want them to be able to walk with that awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely with that. I think yeah. that's smart. Um, final question, and this is one of the most intense, so be ready. Somebody said, I heard you mention K-pop one time. Who's your favorite K-pop group? Okay. I am a fan of K-pop. And um, I started listening to it for my daughter and found out I like it. 
Yeah. And I really do like it. And I know that's an oddity for a 55-year-old male to like K-pop. But I do. I have several favorites. Um, I want to. If I sit here and name all the groups I like, <laughs> it would be very sad, and y'all would mock me incessantly. But uh, my favorite group, probably one of my favorite groups. Well, my my the group that I started with is a group called Got Seven, but they're not together anymore. Although they might be coming out with an album soon, or at least a single. They are. Yeah, I heard that. that, that they're supposed to be, so I'm excited. But uh, right now, uh, Seventeen is probably one of my favorites. In fact, they're going to be touring in the U.S. this summer, and I am literally tempted to go just by myself to a 17 concert. But I'm just afraid it would look like I'm a creeper because it's going to be like 98% female. Yeah. And then me. Yeah. So I probably won't go, but I love their music. They're very creative. Um, my favorite solo is a female singer, Boa, and she's kind of the queen of K-pop. And she's probably one of my favorites just by herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's cool because you're, you're naming probably underground people that people don't yeah. know about. Yeah. And everybody knows BTS and I'm naming all these other groups. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say BTS for two reasons. They're my favorite for two reasons. One, I hear them the most thanks to my wife. <laughs> um, I, I get a lot of secondhand listening to them. Yes. Uh, the second reason is because my wife is a very large fan. And so if I didn't say BTS, mm -hmm. I might not make it to the next podcast episode. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say go Army. Woo! Yeah, and you got to see them in concert. I mean, y'all went to the Which L.A. concert. That was so and cool. K-pop concerts are really good. That's why I'm, I'm tempted to go because they do a great great job we went to the god seven concert years ago mm -hmm. and it was phenomenal yeah yeah my uh my favorite member of bts has got to be rm though because mm -hmm. he's just he's like the dad of the group yeah and i feel like i'm kind of like the dad in my friend group <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm like yeah i i relate to you bro yeah so yeah. uh that that would probably be my favorite about that but anyway thank you so much everybody for joining us today we're glad that you we're here. Uh, feel free to send us any of your questions, and we pray you guys have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.